welcome to Positively Pro-Life podcast. Positively Pro-Life is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and aims to bring you inspirational stories and conversation, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we seek to restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm your host, Ramil Tenney, Education Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and joining us today is my co-host, Legislative Director Maria Gallico. Welcome, Maria, to the podcast. Thank you, Remmel. Um, we should let our listeners know it may sound a little bit different this week because we are doing the podcast remotely um, because there is uh, construction work being done in our office building. It was very noisy. So uh, this is far better than that. So I'm glad to be with you today in these quiet surroundings. No, definitely. This is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the year 2021, reports showed that there were 33,206 abortions performed in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, that puts the number roughly at about 66,412 post-aborting women and men in our state alone that year. I bring this up to emphasize the great need there exists for healing for those experiencing abortion trauma. And Rachel's Vineyard is one such outreach that assists women and men whose lives have been touched by a loss stemming from abortion. In this episode, we will learn more about their compassionate outreach and loving vision for the world. But first, as always, we have our legislative update by Maria. Thank you so much, Remmel. The following is from a National Right to Life news release. The U.S. Supreme Court announced that it will hear arguments this term regarding the Food and Drug Administration's decisions in 2016 and 2021 to loosen regulations of the abortion drug mifepristone and whether the challengers have standing to bring their case. The decision means the court will hear about the dangers of the abortion drug combination, said Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. We hope that the justices will reconsider the approval of this dangerous drug, or at least reinstate the longstanding safety protocols. The Biden administration has promoted unlimited abortion since day one, said Tobias. Bowing to pressure from pro-abortion groups, this administration has worked to make mifepristone widely available, regardless of the dangers to women and the deaths of preborn children. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the government agency that tracks the nation's abortions, approximately 56% of all abortions are done using chemical abortion methods like mifepristone and misoprostol. Mifepristone is used in combination with misoprostol, a prostaglandin, to cause an abortion. Mifepristone blocks progesterone, leading to the death of the unborn baby while the second drug, misoprostol, causes powerful, painful uterine contractions to expel the dead or dying baby. The FDA recently weakened the Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy, also known as REMS, requirements for the drug combination to allow it to be dispensed and even mailed by pharmacies. When hundreds of thousands of women take these pills, even a couple of percentage points of women hemorrhaging 
dealing with infections, or ectopic pregnancy means thousands of women desperately seeking emergency treatment, which may or may not be nearby, said Randall O'Bannon, Director of Education and Research for National Right to Life. So the gist of this is, is that the abortion drug is a dangerous drug. It should be off the market. And we hope the U.S. Supreme Court will rule that way. Remo. Thank you, Mario. Our guest today is Kelly Dunn from Rachel Spinner, an organization which helps women and men find hope and healing after abortion. She serves as project manager at the organization and is passionate about helping those suffering from the trauma of abortion. So, Rachel, welcome to Positive Mutual Life. Thank you, Ramo. I'm sorry. Kelly. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, okay. That's all right. Yours, Kelly, welcome to Positive Mutual Life. Um, now, could you first tell us, like, what is the mission of Rachel's Vineyard? Rachel's Vineyard Ministries looks to provide a journey of hope and healing that confidentially addresses not only the spiritual and emotional wounds, but certainly the psychological wounds that come with uh, someone that has suffered or has been touched um, by the decision of abortion. And it does not matter what their politics are, their faith or anything like that. The, the importance here, the message here really is to get them on that healing journey. And we are able to achieve that mission through the use of scripture and current therapeutic practices so that we can strive to convey God's forgiveness and mercy in order to restore and empower those lives. When was Rachel's Vineyard started? Well, um, it, it goes back to Dr. Burke's um, second year as a graduate student. She was in clinical training and she was assigned, so to speak, uh, to a weekly support group at a treatment center for women suffering anorexia and bulimia. And in one of those sessions, uh, it really became quite contentious and volatile because the topic of abortion came up um, among those women. And as one of the participants began to relate that very painful um, experience and the relationship she was dealing with, um, some of the other women in the group began to exhibit um, threat behaviors and feeling uh, the avoidance reactions and so on and so forth related to their past abortions. And in some cases, a couple of participants didn't even want to talk about it, ran out of the room, that type of thing. Um, and so when Dr. Burke brought that up to um, her super clinical supervisor, he said, um, we're, we're not going to talk about this issue. Nope, that's that's not the that you know what their bulimia, their anorexia has nothing to do with abortion or the fact that they had one. Perhaps their meds need to be um, changed. <laughs> so his his reaction is not um, unlike reactions that people have. Um, they're very quick to silence the pain of men and women. Um, following the abortion and then leading them or lead, they leave them to. Uh, suffer and they're, and they're and they're confused and they and they feel isolated. So you know, Dr. Brooke took all that in and she said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, no, 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 no." So she uh, that whole experience really propelled her to develop one of the first therapeutic support groups 
um, for abortion loss. And later she developed a facilitation manual that rolled into ultimately the retreats because the the one day or two day was not enough. Um, so that um, through these retreat, the men and women can begin to unpack those complicated feelings that they have um, in order to grieve the loss of the the aborted child. We offer them all across the U.S., but uh, do you also do that internationally? Yes, absolutely. Um, collectively, um, on the books, so to speak, we have over 200 sites, U.S. and internationally, and in 50-plus countries. And the manual has been translated into over 33 languages. Um, and they are offered uh, both as Catholic retreats or interdenominational. It doesn't mean that someone who's Catholic can only go to Catholic or someone that's interdenom can only go interdenom. Really, they any of these sites accept anyone, um, again, regardless of their faith, their politics, or the whatever. Um, and, and the 200 plus sites is what we know. There are some that cannot simply report back to us. We know we have sites in China and Vietnam, um, but because of confidentialities, persecution, and so on and so forth, they simply, we don't have it on our website. We know it, about it, but we were limited in the communication for obvious reasons. And the same with, we have a prison ministry as well. Again, very confidential. They don't report out to us because of the environment of the prison itself. Um, but each of those sites, I can tell you, offer at least two retreats per year. Uh, and again, that's what's reported out. So we're talking at, at least 400 um, retreats globally, um, and, and probably more than that, because I have sites that offer five, six, seven retreats a year. And they um, right now we're seeing um, growth in Mexico and in Colombia in particular, over on the Russian front as well. So that's that's very uh, exciting stuff, um, and uh, and and even with you know some of the global economies that have changed or the global structure. Of course, we have these pop up wars. Unfortunately, Ukraine now the Middle East. We're still seeing that growth, as I just mentioned, which is uh, you know so it's exciting, but also very relieving that people are getting you know the the encouragement and the hope that they need you know to 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 uh, address that that loss that they are suffering that is so incredible that the scope of this because here here was dr burke and and she encountered this in this group and yet it has grown by leaps and bounds and and basically all over the world, you can find help and healing through Rachel's Vineyard. And, uh -huh. and that must be so satisfying for you as the project manager. Yeah, it is. I um, I get, and, and, and we still are trying to keep a, a grassroots roots approach. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a little bit difficult to be in touch with every single leader, but, but we try. Um, thank goodness for the advent of Zoom. Um, or the admin of WhatsApp, because I can be on a call with someone from Australia at four o'clock my time, but that doesn't matter. I'm an early bird, so that doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you do what you can to support um, our RV leaders and their teams, you know, in, in any capacity. That's, that's, you know, part of my job to do that, you know. That's remarkable. And tell me, 
How does abortion-related trauma affect individuals? Well, uh, there's a physical aspect to it, and there's also the emotional aspect of it. If we look at the, uh, to your um, little briefing about where we are with the chemical abortions, um, the, the, the harm and, and the physicalness that can be done, whether it's surgical or chemical, we're talking about perhaps a physical reproductive damage, hemorrhaging, um, uh, um, with the chemicals, I, I was thinking that um, in comparison to the surgical, a, a person that chooses to have a chemical abortion, um, it increases four times the amount that they'll end up with the surgical anyway because of the complications of these medications. Um, and then it, it goes on from there. Uh, then we can talk about the emotional side um, in terms of developing an anxiety disorder such as panic attack panic attacks, PTSD, um, that percentage goes up about 95% that you will develop some sort of anxiety or depression as a result of that. Um, substance abuse is another trauma that results, uh, whether it's alcohol, marijuana, um, that, that is an increase of 125%. Again, in comparison to someone that you know chooses to have her child or person A over here that you know is not choosing abortion, you know the the, the increase. We go on to um, the risk of suicide, believe it or not, uh, particularly at the year event that that baby should have been born. The suicide rate goes up three hundred percent in comparison to your average person. So those are very daunting, daunting statistics, and it's supported um, by, for example, the um, Charlotte Lozier Institute, um, by the Journal of Psychiatric Research, the Elliott Institute, um, and Archives of Women's Health. So it isn't made up, you know, stats or anything like that. The the research out is out there. And those are very hard truths that I think a lot of people miss. I mean, the, the abortion clinics don't share that while, get, while handing out these pills, right? They just give it. Um, right. And there's no direction. And and particularly for the, the younger people, you know, again, with all the social media and while, and while many of these technologies certainly have made our life easier, uh, it's because of those technologies then, then it's not, it's about what is not said again, to your point, what they, what they do not tell these uh, young people on these college campuses and, and other types of group situ situations. Given uh, that the retreats offered at Rachel's Vineyard, they help uncover some of these and help process and help um, possibly find a, a way to reconcile what has happened um, and also um, so, so oh I'm sorry can, can you repeat that question I'm sorry last part I was my question was why, why might a man or a woman consider oh, a retreat no. at the at your place right so not there there isn't something to be said for regular counseling but again, part of what Dr. Burke realized very early on is that talk therapy doesn't quite do that. How does she know that? Because when people began to attend the retreats, it was a wow factor for them because of the approaches on that retreat. 
So first of all, um, we provide a confidential, safe group environment. And the participant realizes they're not alone in their feelings. They're not alone in their, when they made that decision, you know. Um, and then there's also the therapeutic approaches. Um, and, and, and Dr. Burke is always current on what's going on with somatic and, and the brain and the nervous system and how they're all interrelated. Um, and then um, they do have group therapy discussions because they are deliberate. They meaning the facilitators and the, and the therapists and the priests or the clergy that are on this of helping that person unpack all those emotions, the hurt, the anger, the sense of loss that they are suffering. And then it, it did, in addition to that, as I mentioned earlier, is they uh, use what we call, or what Dr. Burke developed as living scriptures. So they kind of, um, they take scripture, let's say like the woman at the well, and they read through that story and and they um, the participants can um, be part of that story by acting it out, so to speak, for, for lack of a better phrase, and really begin to understand that we were human, <laughs> we're human, and they're not alone in their humanness, so to speak. Um, and then that, by going through those living scripture exercise, it really, um, and the meditations that go with it and, the, and other rituals, it really begins to release that grief and then give those participants a life-changing encounter with Jesus. And with abortion so much in the news, are you finding people reaching out to you for hope and healing? Because it, it seems as if ever since the overturn of Roe versus Wade, there has been an increase in, in the number of news stories about abortion. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I mean, obviously we wouldn't have seen growth if there wasn't that need. Um, I, I realize maybe uh, perhaps uh, we're not for some retreat sites, depending where they are, like in the Midwest or whatever, they may not have as many participants uh, go on their retreats. But you know what? I have sites that will have a retreat just for one person. If it means saving one person and getting them going in a direction, you know, the circle of influence is 500 people. Next thing you know, they're inviting their friend or they're inviting their aunt or they're inviting the sister of whoever they're they're talking about. So, um, you know, despite uh, the, you know, the reports again to your point Marie about my body my choice my reproductive rights and so on and so forth um we have really come um to know the the retreat leaders and myself and Dr. Burke Dr. Burke already knows that is that when that choice is made all those feelings are far more complicated than we realize and again what the public doesn't realize they think oh uh, you know it, it you know i'm going to take the band-aid off and and then I, away i go and that's just not the reality um of all those uh complicated emotions that um somebody would like to address and and as uh, as i said um earlier we are not devoid of humanness that lies deep within our souls here um, we have an innate desire to have that connection. And what is a more powerful connection than the start of a new life? So. That's beautiful. Um, so I'm wondering that, could you share maybe a, a story of hope yeah. and healing that you have experienced, uh, that you've seen or heard 
uh, a story of hope and healing. Um, yes. Um, I mean, we, we get, um, reports from our leaders. They tell us, and they never use names or anything like that, but the invariably they, they come back with, wow, uh, another healing weekend. Like every participant just blossomed. And, and, and I never hear no participant or only five out of 10. I mean, like I hear all the participants, that's the first thing. But one of the most impactful um, stories in my mind um, that came in March, uh, I was barely six months into the job and I had received a call from a friend and I'll just call her Debbie. So Debbie calls on behalf of her friend, Anna. I'll just call her Anna. Um, Anna had had an abortion but actually it was not um, native to this country. She's from a European country and she was heading back home, but very, very distraught. Um, and she couldn't stay in the States necessarily to uh, receive any kind of um, healing journey for any kind of post-abortive healing program, whether it's Rachel's Vineyard or somebody else, because there, there are other programs out there as well. And so... I called to the team in that Eastern European country and I said, listen, I have one of your people coming home. When's your next retreat? Um, because normally they had a retreat at this time or this time, but not in March at the particular time. And it was interesting when I spoke to the, to the father that's over there and the team members, they said, you know, we have had something weighing on our hearts about this. We have been, we, we were wondering about having another retreat, but, you know, outside of what we had, normally have our retreats and so on and so, so forth. And they were praying on it and their hearts were very heavy. And here I am calling and emailing, reaching out to them, telling them there is a person returning home to them. And they had a retreat right on that spot for that one individual once she came home. It was, it was mind blowing. And, and, and it brought the office to tears. I mean, we were all crying. We were all rejoicing for this person. Um, one of my things I, I'd like to do in the new year is follow up if I can, because I do have her, her email and say, Hey, but yeah, yeah, they, they, they were the team over there was overjoyed. We were overjoyed, but that was just, you know, the kind of work um, and the kind of hope that Rachel's Vineyard brings. That is incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> what message would you have for someone who's listening right now, whose life has been touched by abortion? Maybe they had an abortion or maybe someone they know, someone they love have had an abortion. Um, well, I, I would want them to know that they, first of all, they're very valued. Most people feel like, a lot of people feel they're not valued, but really they are, uh, and particularly in this interest. And again, regardless of their past decisions, because what's done is done. Let's talk about, you know, what can be reconciled. And many of the decisions, and we we all fall to grace, we all make decisions that aren't the greatest. And, and I, I know the abortion choice is, you know, has a, a lot more gravity to it than, you know, failing out of college, let's say, I, you know, I get there's no comparison, but it, it should not define you. It, it, it should not define who you are or who you could become as a result of that. 
Um, and I'm a firm believer that um, God uses all of us as a tool um, for somebody else. I, I really, I, I really do believe that. And so what, what they've got to understand is that that reconciliation is going to take time. Um, but in the meanwhile, um, the people that are in the Rachel's Vineyard ministry, um, our leaders uh, in this country and around the world, uh, really, we're here for you. And we're, we're here for you with open arms. We're here for you with love, patience, compassion. We're just waiting to get you on that path to restoration. Uh, before we uh, close off, can you share where can we find the information we need to contact Rachel's Vineyard? Um, well, we have our website at www.rachelsvineyard.com. Um, and certainly, you know, I we take calls. So that, that number is 610-334. I forgot my own number. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know okay. what? I apologize for that. So um, but yes, we have uh, brochures. We we can immediately put you in, in touch with a site. Um wherever you are in the United States and again, worldwide, and certainly um, via email, I have people that contact me via email and I'm able to direct them. That's terrific. And, and I like the fact that you talked about restoration. I think that should be our final thought on this broadcast, restoration. It's available to everyone, no matter what. Well, thank you so much, Kelly Dunn from Rachel's Vineyard an organization which helps women and men find hope and healing after abortion. And, and thank you, Marie and, and Remmel. And uh, we've got uh, just about a uh, minute left in the program. And I, I just want to say that uh, I, I know so many people whose lives have been personally touched by Rachel's Vineyard. And um, it's been a powerful experience for them. And um, they have had a new life as a result of that. And it was definitely the vision of, of Dr. Burke in establishing this that has caused it to spread like wildfire throughout the world. And we are so very grateful for that um, because we know that these women uh, and men um, deserve hope and healing. So thank you so much for being on the program today. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. Thank you for joining us for the program today. It wouldn't be the same without you. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.